The mustache has really fallen out of favor since the 80s. Yeah, I would say. What other fashion choice, hairdo, or style has also fallen out of fashion? Thrill me. This is more of a product. This is more of a lifestyle brand that I remember very much when I was uh, in elementary school and early middle school. Anything involving L.A. looks... Is the, that of the gel? Yes, the concrete <laughs> hair gel uh, that mm-hmm. allowed you to put your hair essentially in whatever direction or shape you wanted because then it would firm up into some sort of immovable substance. It takes soft hair and turns it into a rock. Yeah. Do you want your hair to move separate from your head? <laughs> it looks going to accomplish that for you. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about LA looks in forever. Thank oh, you for that. Remember that bottle? Those commercials were great. The bottles were awesome looking. Yeah. They had bright colors. Yeah, it was like yeah. bright green and yeah. oh. They were see-through, and they have like that crazy black and like wiggly line yes. labels and stuff. Oh, I remember that. Like, side ponies. That's what I want to come back. Ooh. For men? No, for ladies. Okay. Side ponytails. For men. <laughs> we got to deal with the man bun as it is. I was going to say, I don't need more weird man bun stylings. No, the side pony was always an interesting yes, I agree. take, and I was like, okay, cool. What are you trying to portray? With if the you side, have a pony? side pony, that you're that? chill, you're cool, man. You're just a little bit off. You're not going to conform to the normal standards of having it behind your head. You're going to put it on the side. When watching Full House, you're rooting for Kimmy Gibbler. <laughs> Would you also have your underwear on the outside if you were doing the side pony? You're not Quail Man here. Yeah, mm-hmm. come on. Okay. Was that a Doug reference? It sure oh, was. Boy, <laughs> Jesus, here we go. Uh, thanks to the ozone layer, uh, seventeen thousand minutes of hairspray. That's true. That's gone. I was going to say the top hat. The top hat now can only be worn by crazy people. (laughs) The year was 1936. Top hats were everywhere. Fedoras. Thanks, Internet. Yeah. Dorks. (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. I don't wear a fedora, but I mean, a hat's a hat. Until it's not. Okay. That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) (laughs) Until it no longer is worn on the head. Then it so, lots else. of really good fashion. A parachute pants. I'd love for those to make a comeback. Ooh, they kind of did. They're now like the the weird like they, they're considered like they're not called yoga pants, but they look like they're called harem pants. Harem pants. Okay. They're like the big baggy like you know Aladdin type. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Those are those are making a big thing right now. I'm reminded of Jinkos. Oh, of course. The biggest pant ever. They made a big return a couple years ago. They're still around. I never saw them in the public, though. I saw them online, people wearing them. We recently went to a Hot Topic because we were just wasting time in the mall before seeing a movie. Mm-hmm. It hasn't actually changed. All, no, not a Hot Topic. Sorry, a Spencer's. They're the oh. same fucking store. But it hasn't actually changed all that much. There's a lot more uh, Rick and Morty references that weren't around when I was a kid. But uh, other than that, pretty much the same bullshit still there. Who's shopping at Spencer's now? I get my wallets at Spencer's. Really? Yeah, they're like cheap $10 little flat like wallets that have like really cool like, pictures go. on them and stuff. There's lots of teenagers in there that looked about the age I was when I would go into Spencer's. So uh, it's still, you know, down with the youth. Down, down with, with the, the youth. youth. <laughs> oh, boy. Finger on the pulse of the community. Yeah. Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grave Talk podcast. My name is Mark. Again, join with Garrett and John. Fellas, how are we doing today? It's another day, another dollar. Another call collecting caller? I don't know. What? I'm rapping. <laughs> Shot I'm caller? Here. Oh, <laughs> that was fire, Mark. Yeah. That like was it? full on fire. Yeah. I'm going to take you it on the used road. Baller? Caller? I mean. <laughs> I did. I ended it. I ended it there. Oh, okay. With collect caller? Yeah. Anyway. Mark wishes he was a little bit taller. He wishes oh. he was a baller. He wished he had a girl on a phone. There was collar. literally so many words to choose and I fumbled. So many. Yeah. yeah. And he went with collect. Fedora. No. <laughs> <laughs> How you guys doing? Good. Doing good, man. Get up to anything? Anything to talk about? No, not really. Nothing? 
Uh, I think, I don't know if it's out yet by the time this episode will come out, but I am either going to see or I am, I have already seen Three from Hell. I'm really excited for this movie. I haven't seen it yet. I think it comes out on September 16th. They're doing like a, a three night or a two night premiere. Wait, 16, 17, 18, three night premiere uh, via Fathom Events and you can buy tickets and it's pretty interesting because um, it'll be shown over 900 screens nationwide along with special bonus features that differ each night. In a, state from Zom- in a statement, Zombie expresses excitement at seeing the franchise's third ex- installment come to fruition with the screenings and I'm, I'm excited about it. I know that you guys have had not thrilling takes on the trailer and you're not super stoked about it, but I feel like we've come from house of a thousand corpses, which would basically was his like crazy music video chainsaw. Then we got devil's rejects with like his like weird, like, you know, real just dirty gritty kind of tail on that whole thing. And this new one just looks balls to the wall nuts. I don't know. Now, granted, I'm not thrilled about hearing Sherry moon zombie laugh for an hour and a half <laughs> because that little baby laugh is not my thing, but I'm excited. So if, if we don't do it as an episode, I'll do it as like a quickie or something like that. John, maybe you can help me out with that. Yeah. You take a camera, you point it at yourself and then you just talk. Cool. <laughs> I think I got this, but no, I'm really yes. excited to see that. I think it's going to be really interesting to see like where he's come from all the things he's done. Uh, his Halloween remakes, Lords of Salem after all that, what is he going to do back in this franchise that kind of was his baby? I haven't written it off. It's more like, I think I've said this before, but it's literally because I, in my mind, in the Devil's Rejects, all those characters died. Same. So the fact that they're writing it into of like, oh, it's they're alive by the power of Satan. You know, it's just, uh, I just, I'm having a hard time getting over Well, that's that. what one character says. So we don't actually know if that's really what happens. I mean, they could have like, we see them like in the trailer being rushed, like completely bloody messes into a hospital. So maybe the power of medicine really did it, but they think it's Satan. I don't know. Like, that's the beauty of this whole thing is like, there's so many questions I have based off what I've seen in the trailer. I want answers. But I left Devil's Rejects with no questions. So they're, I don't, they don't have anything to answer to me. Yeah, they so, created questions yeah. that they then want me, me to pay them to answer that. I don't need to know the answers to. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I, I mean, I'll let you know. I mean, if you guys want to go see it, let me know. We'll go check it out. If not, cool. I will report back. Well, today we're here to talk about Night of the Creeps. Night of the Creeps came out in 1986. Uh, this one is directed by Fred Decker. This is our second Fred Decker film, the other one being Monster Squad. Yep, this was his first movie. Yeah, he also worked on RoboCop 3, and he wrote House 1 and 2 with Roger. Uh, if you've seen House, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he really didn't do much else for quite a while, uh, but he wrote the dreadful the Predator from 2018. Well, interesting. The thing about that is Shane Black, who directed that movie, who was in the original Predator movie, mm-hmm. helped write this movie. He helped write this script for Night of the Creeps with Fred Decker. They were friends. They're like close, like working like people. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So he's uncredited, but like, um, like they were, they were like partners and they worked on stuff and um, Shane Black helped like flesh out this script back in the day. Well, this is the better collaboration project. The <laughs> Predator from 2018 is abysmal. I still haven't seen it. I Don't. think I might just You're not a live fan. that way. You're not a fan. No. Wait, doesn't that, isn't the one that Olivia Munn is like the yes. scientist who's a scientist because she wrote the president a letter? Yes. Everything about that film is just awful. <laughs> uh, so I don't want to get into it. But yes, today we're talking about Night of the Creeps. Uh, this one stars Jason Lively as Chris, Steve Marshall as JC, Jill Whitlow as Cynthia, Tom Atkins is Ray Cameron. Yes. Tom Atkins of Halloween 3 fame. <laughs> and he was also in Lethal Weapon. 
Oh, that's right. Wally Taylor as Detective Landis. Bruce Solomon as Sergeant Ramey. Vic Polizos as the coroner. Alan Kayser as Brad. And we had a nice cameo from David Pamer as the lab technician. Yeah. Which you, you'll know. Like, you see him, you're yeah. like, oh, this guy's played, like, 80 scientists and, like, nerd and everything. Yeah. He was in the uh, Drag Me to Hell. He was her boss. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Here's what the back of the VHS has to say about Night of the Creeps. Humor mixes with horror in this chiller about a college campus being ravaged by gruesome creatures that turn their victims into zombies. The night of the formal is finally here for Chris, Cindy, and JC. It's going to be the best night of their lives, but tonight is also the night of the creeps. From a world unknown comes a nightmare unimagined. First they are under you, around you, inside of you, then you're dead. Zombies exploding heads, creepy crawlies, they are a new breed of terror, a different kind of horror. The creeps are taking over. You never had a night like this. That's what my Tinder profile says. <laughs> the word for word. Yeah. And then it says, thrill me at the bottom. <laughs> Creepy the, crawlies. Come hit swipe on me, Garrett. <laughs> the creeps are taking over as like 2019's fucking slogan. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different kind of horror. Yeah. Gentlemen. Unimagined. You, it's an unimagined horror. <laughs> so, fellas, what do you think of Night of the Creeps? I it's great. I think the detective character is what made this movie. Uh, it would have been pretty unforgettable without that detective, but you add that plus some cool gore effects back in home run. I liked it. The, the zombies were like really well done for as yeah. low budget as it was. The, the story is di- very tongue in cheek kind of fifties esque until it gets a little bit later. And the, the, the main detectives introduced and then it just becomes like that character from start to finish. I was like, Oh my God. Like Love we this first guy, meet dude. him. Like we'll get into it in a minute, but like every, every choice that character makes, I'm like, I'm in keep going. Yes. Um, I, I agree with you, John. I think Tom Atkins, character is really what makes this film yeah. so good without him. Um, it would be a fun kind of throwback to that matinee fifties horror, uh, type movie. They were trying yeah. to go with the alien invasion or the meteor comes in through the atmosphere and drops the creatures. It's going to terrorize our characters. One could say the original slither. Ooh. Yes. This was definitely an take influence. that James Gunn. You <laughs> fucking hack. You ripping off night of the creeps. It would have been a lot more forgettable though. Without the detective. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But it definitely was like, we were watching this and everyone was like, he's kind of like slither. And I was like, Oh yeah. my God, this is because I love this movie. I, I was showing this movie a while back and I always stuck with me because of the, the detective's character. I think the acting overall is pretty good too. Um, I didn't have any issues with any performances. No. Everyone plays it straight enough, which I liked. Like they weren't like, Oh, we're in a campy movie. So I'm going to act campy, but they also weren't taking themselves too, too serious. Yes. That's what, so that's what I want to point out too. Is like, it's definitely kind of like cheesy, but they take it seriously. Yeah. One might say it's a love letter to this style of movie. It One knows might. what it is, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so this one's sitting at a 76% on uh, the Rotten Tomatoes out of 17 critic reviews, 70% of the audience score out of 10,204. Huh. It's pretty close. Which is really higher than I thought it would be because of the, the cheese factor of it. I did not think it'd be that high, but then I was like, wow. Yeah. I think if you know what you're doing and you have fun with it, the audience will go along with you, right? Yeah. If this movie was trying to take itself seriously and fell on its face, then I think at the time of release, it would have probably been panned. On IMDb, if you look at the star rating, this is ranked higher than Paranormal Activity. Well, I mean... They're two different kinds yeah. of movies. No, absolutely. Yeah. But it's just funny because like, I just did not expect this type of movie to be like rated as I high think as it was. This would be is like a tremendous intro to horror film. 
uh, like if someone who hadn't actually like, oh, I'm not that into horror, I would show them this because it's fun. It's like kind of scary because it's got zombies. But um, I like like when I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is like a horror 101 type thing. Uh, I had a girlfriend and I was like talking about, I was like, I, was, like, I love 80s cheesy horror. Like, show me that. This is the first thing. And she's like, here, you got to watch this. And I feel like this is a great starting point for like, give me 80s late cheese. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up watching this one at my neighbor's house. It always came on like Showtime, Cinemax, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I've seen it several times. Uh, John, was this the first time you've seen this film? Yeah. I hadn't heard about this one before, but uh, immediately We're- fell in love with it. We're really getting your knowledge of 80s films Yeah, I am there. much more of a 90s, early 2000s film watcher. I uh, did not watch a lot of 80s films uh, outside of the real big tentpole ones. So, that uh, 80s horror, man, that's my milieu. That's my bread and butter. <laughs> so this one kicks off on a spaceship, which, yeah, which I totally forgot about. <laughs> I was like, am I watching the right fucking movie here? <laughs> I totally forgot about this part. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> what did you guys think of those alien costumes? Awesome. They're stubby, giant, baby-looking alien things. Yeah. Vanessa thought they were midgets. She was like, are these little people in costumes? Like, no, those are full-size dudes. The costume just is very, like, weirdly proportioned. Yeah. And she was like, oh. They look like bloated ETs. <laughs> they look like like oversized, like, deformed space gummy bears. Yeah, the poo emoji grew legs. <laughs> the poo emoji. Uh, I love how their faces don't change expression either. No, very limitation of that budget, right? Like yeah. they could not afford to make the mouths move in multiple positions. One of them has like an angry yell look and he's just always angry yell looking <laughs> with his mouth wide open. But they immediately open with the question of, are we watching them? Are they the slithering aliens or did they lose to the slithering aliens? Well, there's subtitles across the screen and mm-hmm. they're in alien yeah. language and then below that in English. And they say the experiment cannot leave the ship. So oh. we're to believe that they're they're working on something, and this is not like their wonder, larva stage or something. This like is that. the proto Prometheus. Oh, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, really rip this off too. Yo, seriously, can we just not give Night of the Creeps credit for everything we've seen in Hollywood? It's a thousand percent possible that I missed it, but I feel like I would have seen it. I wonder if the iTunes version I watched did not have those subtitles. I do not remember subtitles. No, it does on the because I, I own it on really? iTunes and it has it. Oh, I must have missed it because I had then. regular subtitles on yeah. also. So it was like three layers. That was like normal subtitles, alien Weird. subtitles, and then like for the hearing impaired subtitles. And it was like, oh, wow. I wonder but how yeah. I missed them. You it, were just so enthralled by the naked pink I alien guess. creatures. Because I even went back and rewound it because I was like, what the fuck am I watching? And I said, so I missed those subtitles twice. Wow. <laughs> Isn't one of them wearing a helmet? Yeah, <laughs> like it's like just with a gun. Yes. bonkers shit. And so I was like, wait a second. I need to watch this again. <laughs> So one of our aliens is running down a corridor. The other ones are chasing him down, shooting the guns at him. And he launches this canister into space. And it goes hurtling through yeah. space. And it crash lands in 1959 suburban America, black and white film. Um, very classic style. You know, these teens are going out to the makeout point And the meteor flashes overhead. And the the boy or the, the male is like, let's go check it out, right? It's very much an homage love letter to the old style. Like, it's almost movies. the identical opening of Killer Clowns. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Another movie that ripped this off. <laughs> Seriously, Hollywood, get your act together. Was but Killer no. Clowns after this? Killer Clowns? Oh, yeah, yeah, by like a year or two. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. I mean, I'm just joking. Like, <laughs> most of these things probably didn't rip this off directly. Uh, yeah, I doubt Ridley so Scott generic. was like. No. Um, but yeah, no, the thing is, is like, uh, she's at a, this girl's at a sorority and her, her dream boat, who is we find out through a phone call just broke up. She just broke up with another guy 
and um, she used to date a cop. Right, he's, uh, which immediately I laughed because they would never say something like this in a movie nowadays. They were like, he's a cop. He has no future. Yes, <laughs> it's like, full oh, on. It's like, he has no future. He's a cop. And I was like, whoa, hot take, 1959. Yeah. What a square. Yeah. <laughs> and she's going to go on a date with the most popular, like, you know, frat boy. And they go out to make out point, like Mark said. And it's 101 stereotypical. But there's also an APB out. Because a psycho killer escaped from a mental institution. Which he turns off. It's like, this just in, all attention bulletin, a mentally deranged lunatic just escaped from click. Yeah, and it's like, like, dude, you might want to listen to that. <laughs> irrelevant information to me. Like, <laughs> you find out it is totally relevant. Yeah. yeah they got to make out point, and then they're they're having their little like, oh, Brad, or whatever his name is. Like, oh, Chet. And then yeah. the cop shows up. like, y'all kids need to get out of here. And then he realizes, like, oh, that's my ex-girlfriend. Please go home. I want you to be safe. There's a crazy person out there. And then the cop leaves. Yeah, they just totally ignore him. They're like, got it, officer. And don't fucking move at all. <laughs> yes. And that's when the meteor hits above head, overhead, not right. above head. So the meteor, so the slugs are not related to this axe killer guy. No. no. Okay. Wow. What a bad fucking day for this it town. It's just a rough <laughs> night. It's just a rough night. So the cops out there looking for this, the axe murderer from the mental you know, facility, the um, serum that gets launched out of the spaceship crash lands on the earth. And then Chet, I'm going to call him Chet. I don't remember the guy's name. I think his name's Johnny. Johnny. Well, even better. Johnny's <laughs> like, let's go check it out. And she's like, Okay. They end up at the woods. He gets out with a flashlight. And I have a note, a man, a flashlight, and a cardigan. I've never felt safer. (laughs) (laughs) So he gets out. He goes to look at it in the forest, leaves her alone in the car. Right. And she panics pretty much immediately. She's like, you know what? I don't want to be. After all, this is a terrible plan. Well, that's on the radio as they start doing the broadcast about the escape uh, mental patient. And then it's like, oh, it's like. Two miles away from whatever town they're at, and she turns the brights on, and it literally just says, two miles this way, the town. <laughs> it's like, two miles from this town near such and such university. And then she turns the lights on, and the two signs, like, such and such university. And then two miles from town are, like, right yeah. next to So great. It's very, like, fun, cheesy, and the fact that it's like, of course they're right there telling you this is exactly where she is. Her her offer is she's like i'll let you fondle my breasts to get him back because he's just completely ignoring her yeah she's and like, i laughed back. so hard at that so he's off in the woods he finds where the meteor crashed and is a and meteor right at this point it's not the meteor it's actually the canister with uh, the the experiment but yeah correct. we think it's a meteor i think yeah. it would be a meteor right once it hits ground yeah okay so Johnny finds the canister and you can see movement yeah. in the canister. And he's like, what is this? There's and Venom symbiote goo in there. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it cracks open and one of the leeches. Another movie yeah, that ripped off the night of the <laughs> Get it together, Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> so it cracks open and one of our leech slug creatures just straight in the mouth. <laughs> Shoots right into his mouth like a fucking like perfect piece of poo. Just like, boop. Yeah. And it's a real fast cut. And then we go back over to the girl who's in the car. The axe murderers found her. She's, like you said, offering breast fondling. Yeah. But by this point, wasn't she like already being, he axes her for a long time. Well, we don't see it. So like we see him creep up on the car and then we see oh, the axe go up back later. and then like yeah. the, the axe go down and then we cut to 1986. College town, USA. Yeah. <laughs> Just a street full of frat and partying going it's on. It's Corman University. Now, I don't know if you noticed, but all the last names in this movie are from famous like directors that did horror movies. Right. Like Carpenter, Corman. Like all the last names are very much like related to the people like that. Yeah. Cameron, Landis, and Ramey yeah. were three that I noted. So we're introduced to our main two male protagonists. Yeah, I like these guys. Very like uh, Revenge of the Nerds like S type. Just chill, cool. Actually, more like weird science, actually. 
kind of characters. Yeah, Revenge of the Nerd is too far yeah. in that direction. It's definitely dialed back, but they're not jocks. They're not the popular kids. One of them's on crutches. His name is JC. And uh, Chris has very 80s hair. And uh, they're walking past like these frat parties and stuff like that. And it's all like, hey, man, we got to get out there. Mingle, do it. Cheer it up. You know, it's like they say the same word like five different times in the dialogue, like multiple times. I'm like, okay, we get it. Someone bought a thesaurus. (laughs) But um, they're basically talking about how like they're kind of nerds, but if you don't get out there and try, you're always going to be alone or whatever. In the 80s movie cliche, these guys are just talking about scoring, getting laid. Right. constantly with these type of films like we're now we gotta stop being nerds and get with a chick way to steal your idea john hughes (laughs) everyone and then grab it on this movie this movie is owed so much yeah and then chris basically looks across the street at the uh the sorority house and sees a girl sees cynthia and then we have a dream weaver like it's so funny he like is he's a fallen in love at this point and i mean to be fair she is gorgeous yeah she is fine she is gorgeous yes he's like who is that and his friend is like who who the fuck are you talking about <laughs> there's literally 18 girls across the street and he's like oh what's her name he's like which one yeah like, i love that scene and man. then i love this and he's like her right there and he's like the jc like hey you toots <laughs> yeah what's your name and i was like oh my god <laughs> tact is not on jc's radar <sighs> Yeah, they look at her and she's just like obviously flustered by these guys like yelling at her. And they go into this party. I guess it's in one of the sorority houses or the fraternity, fraternity. houses. And dude, it's a f- I've never been to a party like this I was my about entire to, life. I have a note that this says 80s parties always look insanely more fun than any 90s or like current movie like parties have ever looked. It's, it's, a, it's like a full blown club in there. Yeah, They've it's just a movie party like. Uh, yeah, a service bar. They've got a beer tree. Yeah. You just go grab tree. a beer off of it. It's like, wow. Because parties. Like Pee Wee's hot dog tree yeah. from Big Top Pee Wee. Yeah. In movies, parties never have to be worried about being broken up by the cops. That's just like seemingly a thought that never has to cross anybody's mind. They could be as loud as they want. They could be in the fucking streets. Like, it's Corman University baby anything goes i went to a very party heavy university and no party was ever like that <laughs> so uh but you know i'm just being a hater maybe i just wasn't invited to the <laughs> so you, street parties you can go to the good parties yeah. man let's face it we weren't the popular kids no i was much more like jc <laughs> for yourself you guys so our two characters are still like lamenting the fact that they're not with girls and they're trying to figure out chris is like i need to talk to her i'm pretty much in love right now three thousand percent on yeah. board for me i respect girl. so much that when Chris was like, we need to meet this girl, JC's like, let's fucking do it. Let's make it happen. He my man is does on board. Not hesitate. And this actually comes in later of why he doesn't hesitate. But yes, he's all like, cool. So they're standing over there across the room looking at Christine. And then JC's like, and he's like, Chris is like, well, she's got a boyfriend. Look, because a couple of jocks, a couple of football players come and start flirting with her. And uh, one guy with the unibrow, Steve, mm-hmm. is all like, Hey, what's up? You should come see me play football. JC just crutches right over to him and he's like, Hey, big guy, what's your name? He's like, Steve. And he's like, There's a phone call for you inside. And he's like, Oh, thanks, buddy. And then goes inside and he's like, Hey, what's up, girl? What's your name? She's like, Cynthia. And he's like, Cool. So my buddy over there wants to talk to you, but 
He's too shy. She's yeah, like, she goes, why didn't he ask me himself? Great question. Yeah. And he goes, he goes, why don't you go ask him? Yeah. Like, I was like, JC, you fucking, fucking smooth criminal. Like, you man. pimp on pimp. Yeah, he's a wingman for the ages, yo. <laughs> <laughs> that is a shirt right there, yeah. wingman for the ages, and it's just him on yeah. his crutches. He's got so much confidence, dude. Oh, man, it's so great. And then they flash over to Chris, who spills a beer on, like, a yeah. jock because he's being all nervous, and then... Um, just as she's about to kind of be like, oh, maybe she should go talk to him. Steve comes back. He's like, hey, man, there was no phone call. That wasn't funny at all. Because you're really cruising. I'm like, did people yeah. really talk that way? Oh, the words, the lines, the choices they use in this movie, I love so much. I've written so many of these. Yeah. Like, you're really cruising. He's like, and he makes some like cut down. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. What was your name? Biff? Chuck? Todd? Chad? Yeah, like all yeah. these like single like. He's like, he's like, you're not funny and he's all like he what does he say he makes some line that's all like well i'll be here all week or something yeah, like that you're just like cheesy he like, does not give a fuck he no. could get his ass beat and he's like bring it so jc delivers the bad news and's like uh she's probably dating a guy man and then they get the bright ideas like well i guess i have to join a frat yeah, <laughs> like, yeah these girls won't talk to us unless we join a frat their logic jump is so incredible but I, I'm, I'm on board i'm like you know what that's what chris says and then and then jc's like are you crazy and then he's like i guess we're joining a yeah. frat like jc is on board for helping chris get pussy so smash cut to our two characters sitting down with the the fraternity brothers and it's like <laughs> so let me get this straight these 45-year-old men Yo, they're <laughs> with so full old. mustaches, they look like they belong in like people who are like extras for the police. <laughs> <laughs> and our main uh, frat guy, frat, who, what do you call the head of a frat? Uh, frat president? brother? President? Anyway, yeah. his name's Brad. <laughs> goes by Bradster. He's even got a vanity plate that says Brad. He's, he the, he's the leader of the loyal water of Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, he is the 300% cliche of the yeah. douchey blonde frat on blonde on blonde. So yeah. he's like, I think we're pretty booked up. Uh, we've got all the frat bros we need. Yeah, our um, roster's full. He's like, what do you offer us? And then JC's like, how about that moolah? How about the dollar bills? The, the green, <laughs> the cash, the De Niro. And it's, it's like, like, what age is he from? Is he from the 30s? <laughs> JC is a treasure in this movie. <laughs> so they, they basically task him. was like, okay, look, here's what's going to happen, fellas. You want to join this frat? Go get a corpse and put it on those steps of the uh, the what? other fraternity. Fucking insane prank. That's where their mind goes to. Well, the JC and Chris, he's like, they're like, you got to do something for us. And he's like, we're not going to have to fuck a, a farm animal. Yeah. And then they look at each other like, that's a good idea. We should write that down. Yeah. Like, But they're like, no, no, no. We've got something less crazy in mind. Less crazy, like go steal a corpse. Yeah, that's equally crazy. Those are both in the same tier of crazy, which is batshit. <laughs> Yeah, that would be front page news, which it is yes. when it finally occurs. True. So they go also front page news drama club to do production of Julius Caesar. That's important stuff. <laughs> Real important. Up, news. I was like, that's front page. Oh my god! But yes. So our duo sneaks into a laboratory. Did they know there was a body in there? No, because they're it so, seems so off. shocking to everybody that this place has a cryogenics lab in the school. Well, they have a conversation about it. They're like, "What are we doing here?" He's like, well, "I think this is where they do the medical stuff." And it's like, "I thought there'd be a sign." He's like, "A sign for what?" He's like, "I don't know, like morgue, right?" Corpses. Which is not an insane belief. There totally should be yeah. a morgue sign, not a corpses. Corpses this way. <laughs> and right before they. Break Break in, we see David Pamer trying to type in his like he's he's um like a, a scientist or they say like um he's a, a grad technician. student yeah. yeah and he's supposed to like log in this this is a very secure um location he's got a, a read a card to read and then he has to type in a four digit pin so he's typing in the four digit pin he remembers the first three digits and then can't remember the last digit. Now, this part, I was like, dude, if you're a scientist and you can't remember four numbers, you got a problem. But yeah. he immediately walks to the payphone and dials a seven-digit number. 
And I was like, you can remember seven digits, but you can't remember four? He calls that. He's like, I can remember this number. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, he doesn't matter. He even says the fact. He's like, how can I remember that and not this? Oh, I missed that. When I saw that, I was like, ah, here's a plot that would never work in 2019. He would just fucking text this guy like, hey, what's my my fucking (laughs) He'd never have to walk away. But yeah, and that's when JC and Chad sneak in and they walk up to this panel. Chris, I'm sorry. Did I say Chad? Yeah. No, fucking Chad. But Chris and uh, JC. And JC just like, I'm just going to punch a number. Pushes one number. The door opens. It hits zero, which is like the easiest number to remember, by the way. If your yeah. pin is four digits and one of them is zero, and you can't Shoot remember like the moon, baby. Yeah. Just, just start jamming on it. Maybe uh, we're going to have to see David Pamer's uh, transcript. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, uh, so show they, me the grades. The door opens up for JC and Chris, and they walk in, and they're like, whoa, look at this place. It's such a cheesy set. I loved it so much. It's just like a bank of lights. Like, this is what they thought supercomputers looked like. And a tube with a dude in it. Yeah. Probably all purchased from Spencer's Gifts. Probably, (laughs) dude. I fucking loved that set. I was like, this walked out of a 50s sci-fi movie. And inside our cryotube is Johnny from 1959, the one that took the slug to the mouth. (gasps) What? Yes. And I thought at first it was the axe murderer. I was like, oh, it's the axe murderer. I also thought it was the axe murderer at first. I was like, wait, what? Then they did close up and I was like, oh, that's Johnny. That's slug mouth, man. (laughs) And then they, there's a big button on the wall. It says, like, thaw. What does it say? Unfreeze? Right. Well, JC, like, no. He's like, oh, shit. This is some cryogenics. This is some high-speed shit, yo. Freezing people. He says that, but then he stumbles on, like, you know, it's a thing where they, I, I guess they freeze. He was like, you don't know the word cryogenics and not know what cryogenics yes. is. <laughs> yeah. But, but, yeah, then being fearless, JC, he's just like, boop. He flips all the panels on. Yeah. He's like, look, it's on. He's like, Chris is like, you don't even know what you're doing. He's like. You're right. And he looks up and it's like, <laughs> de-thaw. And it's like... <laughs> he just like, goes to town on those panels, man. He mashes it with the butt end of his crutch. He's like, <laughs> I'm going to mash this one right here. Does it. The tube opens up. They get the, the frozen corpse, the corpse sickle. Well, he starts moving and they freak out as one would. Right. They and scream they, like a banshee. <laughs> scream like a banshee. And they run out of there. And the corpse falls to the ground. The, the scientist who couldn't remember his pin. Yeah, they trip over him while he's coming back into the Yeah, the, into like the it's room. like, why is this door open? They knock him over. Then he walks inside and gets attacked by the frozen dude and... Slug goes into his mouth. Yeah. Smash cut to the best character in the movie. Well, not quite. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Almost, though. So, I, and I want to bring this up because this is probably the the Oscar-winning moment of the movie for me. It's back in the room? Yes. Oh, it's whenever so JC and Chris are sitting there and they're talking about what just happened and JC's making light of it and he's joking around. And Chris is like, is everything a joke to you, dude? Every time we do something, you're always just making jokes. And he's like, hey, fuck you, Chris. Look, every single day, I put up your, with your moaning about what's-her-name and, and how you wish you could fall in love again, but you're too chicken shit to do anything about it. And then the Cynthia girl comes along, Dream Girl uh, 2001, and I say to myself, what the hell? I'm sure as hell never going to get late, so I might as well help out my best friend, right? And then you say, JC, help, we got to join a fraternity so she'll give me the time of the day. And I say, what the hell? You got to do it, you got to do it. And what do I do? I bust my ass to help you, and you get chicken shit again. And I push, and I push, and I don't give up. And why? Why? You don't even know. You don't even care. Because it's important to me that you're happy. Is that so crazy? And if we got to act like jerks and get in trouble in order to do that, then what the hell? I mean, it's better than acting like jerks for no reason, right? 
So yeah, everything is a joke. It's hilarious because if you if you take it seriously, you just get depressed all the time, like you are. So fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah, I'm trying to make a joke of it. It's like a wonderful speech. It is a beautiful monologue. He was like, look, man, I'm always joking, trying to make you happy because when you're not happy, I'm not happy. And he's like, it's because I love you, man. And the thing is, is I thought that was just like a like a brief like, hey, we're cool friends. Yeah. But no, you realize later on through a, a moment that JC loves Chris. Like he is like loves Chris. Oh, really? I oh, I got I got that. this thing that like he was like into Chris because later on at the like the the tape yeah. recorder part, he's like, look, man, I you're it. Like, I love you so much. I'm sorry this happened. You know, I'm sorry I can't be hmm. there for you. Like it really came across as like JC was like, I want you to be happy because I I'll never have you, so I want you to have the I best. I just thought it was like the 80s. I watched this YouTube video once about Friday uh, or Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, and this guy used the term 80s ambient gay, uh, which now is stuck in my head, and that's sort of what I thought that there was. Mm-hmm. There was just an ambient level of what we would uh, consider you know, gay or homosexual in 2019 that just existed in the 80s. I thought they would have said no homo if it wasn't. My you know. assumption was that um, JC had a... Uh, uh, probably a lifelong problem with meeting friends. Yeah. And that Chris was the, one of the only guys that may have actually given him the benefit of being a normal person. Yeah. So he thought a lot of them. So that's kind of what I took. It's a very okay. close friendship. Yeah. Very. I, I see. I took him as having a little bit more than that just because like this was probably the closest thing he'd ever have. So like, you know, it blurred that line for JC a little bit of like, Oh man, he may not have been like, like I'm in love with Chris. <laughs> But I think he loved Chris as if it was like that almost. Hmm. So maybe like he hadn't come to grips with it or didn't really fully know the extent of it. But I got like it was more than just friends for JC because that dude goes out of his way, like nonstop everything. Even when he gets infected, he's like, uh, spoiler alert, um, (laughs) like he gets infected. He's all like, I had to hide myself so I wouldn't hurt you. And it was like, dude, this guy thinks only of Chris. But anyway, yeah, they have a, a beautiful like fucking monologue in that room. And they have a pillow fight, and I was like, "Ah, they the eighties." That was like, I was like the the twisted the the twist the male eighties pillow fight. We don't normally see this. Well, at the end of his speech, Chris goes something like "fuck you," and then JC's like, "You wish I would." Yeah. He's like, "You totally let me," you know, like just yeah. Like, yeah, I thought along with dis- that, and then he was like, "It's because I love you, dude." And I was like, "Oh, he might actually like literally be in love with this dude." No, I think that's just the male way of dis- like breaking the tension. Yes, yeah. exactly. Okay. Gotcha, like, gotcha. I think they were just two close male friends that. Uh, I just thought they were a good yeah. fit. I would like <laughs> to have seen it. You're just shipping them hard. I just would have liked to have seen it. There's my fanfic right there. there I'm gonna write go. it. That's fair. All right, now we get. The introduction to the powerhouse Tom Atkins yeah. and his mustache. Oh. And what does he do? He answers the phone and says, Thrill me. We start with the dream. We are introduced to Tom Atkins in a fucking tuxedo on the beach <laughs> yes. being served a coconut drink by this like 80s lady in a bikini who's in high heels on the beach, which she's sinking into the sand. I don't know yeah. if you saw that. And he sees like his old girlfriend from the, girl the, 50s, from the 50s yeah, come out of the water in a prom dress. And this is in full color. And she's just kind of like half in the water, like, oh, hi. Yeah, I knew some weird shit was happening because she's not wet. Yeah, she's not wet. So you're like, what is going on? And he like leans forward like, oh, my God, it's her. And then we cut to in the same dream. He like gets like jarred on the beach. He stands up. He has a shotgun in his hand and he's at the car in the 50s, but it's full color now. He we cut to the axe murder just hacking and hacking yeah. and hacking and hacking into this girl's body in the car. And he turns around and goes, freeze. And then shoots the dude with a 12-gauge shotgun, and then, bam, wakes up in his house, which is all the same color. 
<laughs> yeah, it's all brown. It's 80s brown, it's man. It's 80s current time. But yeah, he wakes up like in a stained shirt with a cigarette and he's just reading a book. It's so crazy. And then he says his classic line of, thrill me. Thrill me. The phone rings and he answers, thrill me. Detective Cameron? No. Bozo the Clown. Oh, like, who do you think it is? Fucking joke so much, man. Sass on sass. Yeah, detective sass master. <laughs> he's like, man, that trench coat wearing forties detective. Yeah, but it's dad jokes for days, man. These are all like fucking D level jokes. But it's not even so much like the dad jokes. Like I'm trying to be funny. This dude lives these things. Yeah. Like these lines are not jokes to him. He is like, thrill me. No, his delivery is what makes them yes. good. Oh, it's so great. And so they call him in. So we cut to him. You realize like he's a detective and he's like, it looks like he's kind of given up on life at this point, but he ends up at the cryo lab. This is the part where we see the guy open up the briefcase and pull like out a sandwich. Yeah. It's a sandwich. <laughs> he pulls it out and starts eating it as he's like messing with the dead body. And if you notice throughout every scene that guy's in, he's eating a sandwich. Because the coroner's always eating around right. the dead bodies, right? He's just munching away on a sandwich. Um, so he shows up and... <laughs> He walks and he's like, what's going on here? He makes the same joke again, but he does the other character. He was Detective Cameron? No. Bullwinkle Moose. Thrill me. It's like, oh, dude, get some new jokes. <laughs> but I also love you. <laughs> <laughs> he also drives up in like a 1930s car. Yeah. But everybody else had like a more modern, uh, you know, Buick looking thing. Like he literally had the black with it's the one so single red light on top. It's like it's he's like, kind of stuck in the fifties in a way. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, he goes in and they tell him about the, uh, the dead body. And he's like, I thought there was two dead bodies. You sergeant desk job yeah. guy. And he's like, you told me there's two bodies. Like, oh, there's a little bit of a mix up. And then, yeah, but he says one of my favorite lines is he's all like, I'm getting real tired of your, your thing. You, you know, you tell me you're doing terrible police work. Like, did you ask the janitor? Did you get a statement? They're like, oh shit, we didn't get a statement. <laughs> so one of the other cops runs off to get a statement. He's all, and he says, look, am I going to have to go poo patrol with your nightstick on you? <laughs> Basically <laughs> alluding to sticking up his nightstick up his ass. And I'm like, oh my God, poo patrol with your nightstick. I was, and he delivers it like it's the biggest threat yeah. ever. And I was like, I would be terrified if he said that to me. I think the cops are. The other cops are kind of scared of this guy. Yeah. He's like, like a loose cannon at this point. He's like, I play by my own rules kind of thing. I think he has no thrill in his life. He yeah. wants That's that thrill. That's what makes him this way, and he's always asking for thrills. <laughs> thrill me. <laughs> thrill me. <laughs> but yeah, so we cut. He's, he says, "No corpses don't just corpses don't just walk away." And then we cut to a corpse's feet walking on the street. Love it. Which is the exact same thing that happens in Monster Squad. There's a scene where it's like corpse, the, the, the mummy. Remember, he's like, corpses don't oh, just walk yeah. away. And then we cut to the mummy walking down the street just like that. Way to steal from your own shit, he dude. He stole from Night of the Creeps. <laughs> I'm telling you, every movie is a ripoff of Night of the Creeps. <laughs> so now we're over at Cynthia's sorority house. Um, They're like, hey, can I keep these brains here? Yeah, for like, hey, uh, there's a, there was a mix up, and now I have all these brains in a jar. Is it cool if I keep them in the basement? She's like, yeah. Uh, Cynthia's like, I guess. She's I just like, don't want them up here. Yeah, I just don't want them up here. And I was like, that's very nice of her. Yeah. What an odd thing to do. Um, Janet, can you take these brains home for the weekend? Yeah, you do. We just don't have room for these jars. You can't just store brains in a basement. I'm positive <laughs> that is against many laws. Human brains. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they're right. They're human brains. Uh, we get a we get a cat, a cat fake out scare. There's a girl downstairs reading a book. Yeah. She looks just like a grown up Stephanie Tanner from Full House. Yeah, most definitely. The cat comes into play again. That's why I'm only missing right it now. Um, the yes, corpse. It does. The, our, our 1959 Johnny cryogenic corpse makes his way up to Cynthia's bedroom 
and spooks the shit out of her. Right? Well, he, he's throwing little pebbles at the window so of the sorority kind of house. like what he remembered doing and when he was still alive, I guess. Because during yeah, the black and the white motions. scene, before he picks up um, the cop's ex-girlfriend in the black and white 1950s, he throws little pebbles at... Um, so he basically repeats his behavior from when he was alive, but now it's 1986. And we get a fake out where she looks at the wrong window and then she looks out the other window and then boom, yeah. crazy looking corpse. His head explodes, slugs shoot everywhere. Cynthia's freaked out. I thought we were going to get back to back fake outs and I was going to be so mad. I was like, really, dude, I'm buying into your movie. But thankfully, <laughs> he redeems himself. A little delay, a little delay yeah. gratification there for you, John. And our cops appear at the scene and we get another thrill me. <laughs> yeah. He walks up. Stops to smell the roses, which oh. was ad-libbed by Tom Atkins. I can love it. And he stops to smell the roses where he walks into the crime scene. Then we see a head exploded. Is that body you were looking for, detective? Thrill me. It's like, dude, a fucking head just exploded. You're thrilled. <laughs> like, you should be thrilled at takes, this point. It takes so much to thrill. I don't think he's thrilled this whole movie. No. No. He literally is looking for a thrill. And nothing's doing it. This man <laughs> is dead inside. That means he's a Red Bull. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, at this uh, sorority house, the, he sees the body. It's split open in the, in the face, and it reminds him of the axe murderer. Turns out, like, I guess he buried the axe murderer where the mother's house was right. put up. Yes. You don't find that out till later in a hilarious scene, oh, but yes. I'll talk about that scene in way too much detail. But, yeah, so he has a flashback of burying a body at this location of the, the sorority house, and you're kind of like, well, what the fuck was that? Did he kill somebody? Right. And you don't know what it is. But then we like, he's like, well, this is all just too weird. Yeah. At some point, the Bradster confronted JC and Chris is yeah. like, I didn't actually mean for you guys to put the corpse over there. And you right. put it on the wrong steps. By so the, the way. So after the cop part, that's what it comes yes, to. That that's scene right. The where, next day on campus. Right. Where they, they all roll up in their weird 80s frat gang, which looks like a bunch of like 40 year old construction workers <laughs> rocking mustaches oh, spraying mustaches. a little bit too yeah brad's like what are you doing you did the wrong thing do you and know the difference between and he fucking gives these two like frats and and fucking jc's like no <laughs> it's all greek to me yeah oh jc said that and i was like my fucking man like like he knows he gets destroyed by these frat guys and he's like i'm going for it like i'm saying this to their yeah. face so brad shoves uh jc down and that's the uh the point where cynthia's like i've had it with this brad yeah. and i have a note i was like even in the 80s you could not knock cripple people over and no, be okay that's fucked like up. that's you cannot do that no absolutely not so next day cynthia comes over to uh, their dorm room and she's like can we go for a walk i had an experience <laughs> so they're all they're walking down the street and he's like you're gonna think i'm crazy and he's like well just tell us what it is and it's like okay there was a zombie and its head split open and a uh, slug jumped out and then chris's reaction is like Okay, I think I'm gonna walk you home now. Yeah, well, JC goes like, "Oh, you don't say." Like JC chaperones this walk between the two, which was kind of right. weird and, at first. Well, but until he knew, oh, it's time to dip. Well, because she's like, she's like, "I thought you guys would believe me." And Chris puts his arm around her. He's like, "Yeah, it's okay. We believe you." And then JC's like, "Got it. I'm out of here." He's like, "Guys, I gotta go find the facilities. I'll catch you later." JC's the wingman we all deserve. The wingman we all deserve. Can we get a moment of silence for JC? Because he dies. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you're asking for the silence before we kill him yes. in the episode. I was just a moment, a moment of reverence just for the sheer oh, badassness okay. of Jason. respect. Yeah, he's like, oh. But the man going to die. That's yeah. He's thing. like, I got to go to the bathroom. And um, and then, yeah, that's when Chris is like, let me walk you home. And she's like, what? Chris is like, she's crazy. Yeah. 
And she's like, what about JC? He's like, I have a feeling that he's not coming back. Or actually, he's like, I have a feeling that he went to the dorm room. He's like, dude knows that I'm about to get laid yeah. right now. Um, we did need to mention that the cops are on to the JC and Chris trail. Oh, right. They the pull best. him into the scene and they got the janitor there. And they're like, janitor done saw you guys last night. <laughs> he's like, you came in there. He saw you run out screaming like banshees. Screaming like banshees, man. <laughs> and they think that JC and Chris stole the corpse. They don't know right. that it walked away. And, and Chris then, immediately folds because JC's like, we don't know what you're talking about. He's like, yeah, we did it. <laughs> and JC's look, he's like, he comes and like, he's God like, damn it, dude. He goes, do we look like frat guys? Yeah. And yeah, Chris, man, doesn't, he didn't even get asked a question. As soon as JC's done giving the best cover story. I shot story, Kennedy. It's yeah. like no one asked about that, dude. <laughs> yeah, don't ever commit a crime with Chris. It, uh, he will fold on All him. he had to do is not talk. <laughs> he do it. You had one job, Chris. <laughs> So, you know, they tell Tom Adkins, uh, Detective Roy, Detective Cameron, they kind of spill the beans like, well, we went all the way and then didn't do it. We got spooked out. And the janitor saw us screaming like banshees. Great, great character actor, man. So when JC leaves uh, Cynthia and Chris the night following this, uh, they show the janitor cleaning the halls and he's like, screaming like banshees. <laughs> and he just keeps repeating that one line over and over again. And uh, he's in the hall and he's still amusing himself with the term screaming like banshees. He's chuckling away. So the detective should hang out with this janitor more to get some more joy out of life. Yeah, <laughs> he, he was thrilled. Yeah, our janitor is thrilled. <laughs> yeah. And when they're really questioning is they want to know how did they move the body? Right. Because they think that they stole that corpse. And he was like, dude, the janitor would have saw me. I saw Which us. Is sound logic He's like, don't you think he would have seen us take the body screaming like banshees? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, this was the prototype for Weekend at Bernie's, which also stole this idea from Night Dude, of the Creeps. How did they even make movies before Night See, of the Creeps? Did, there this was movie no needs an honorary award <laughs> for influenced everything. It's a lifetime achievement award, <laughs> yeah, exactly. a post lifetime yeah. achievement award. So our poor janitor gets it. He gets the slug and now he's zombified and he's going down the hallway and that's where he comes into the restroom where JC's hanging out. Unfortunately, this is where JC gets it also. He puts up a good fight though. He does. He actually burns one of them with a, uh, I guess these slugs are just covered in oil. Yeah, JC's taking yeah. a shit. So he's sitting down in the stall and he hears someone walk in and mm -hmm. he, they kind of know the story about the zombie head explode, even though they haven't seen it. And then he, he hears a pop a thud, and then he sees little like little slugs running around the floor. He sets one on fire. It goes up almost immediately, but then another one it's gets It's made him. out of kerosene almost. Yeah, I know. It jumps up off the ground like, pop! It's so funny. <laughs> it just like burns to nothing. JC leaves a message and takes a slug up the trousers. Yeah, he immediately kind of like, he's in the, the bathroom. He's yeah. trying to get he like away. Falls and he falls because, I mean, he's got crutches. Right. So he like is crawling out of the bathroom, and then a slug goes right towards his mouth and you think, oh, JC's probably got it. But before we know that he officially did, we cut away back to uh, a scene with Chris and Cynthia where he's dropping her off at home. Yeah, and then I guess at this point, the detective shows up and finds him and then he spills the beans about killing the guy. No, because the, the, the detective was following them on the walk. Like he oh, was, was he? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Chris drops off Cynthia at the doorstep and he's like, well, I guess she's like, well, there's a formal tomorrow. Do you want to go to the formal dance with me? And he's like, um, of course. Yeah, sure. That's great. Well, Chris is and like, then, what about Brit, Brad, Brad? Yeah. And she's like, don't worry about him. He's an ass. Don't <laughs> worry about him. And I was like, dude, you're in. Yeah. Like, don't even bring it up, dude. If she asked you, just yeah. assume it's just taken care go. of. I mean, maybe he's like, I don't want to cheat on people. So I'm going to make sure this is legit before I get okay. into it. All right. But anyway, she's like, don't worry. We're good. He's like, sweet. So she goes inside. He turns around. The, the detective um, 
Cameron's there and he's like, so a formal heads exploding slugs like this dude must have a hearing like an X-Men villain. Like he's got like he could hear everything from like 500 feet away because he's been following them, listening to this conversation. He's like, where's your partner? He's like, oh, he went to the bathroom somewhere. And he's like, OK, I got to talk to you. So he takes Chris back to his apartment. So weird. Sits him down. And this is the best scene of the whole movie, in my opinion. So he sits down. And he's like. So um, we told you everything we know about the prank. He's like, listen to me. Did you ever have a girlfriend in high school? And he's like, yeah. What'd you do? I messed it up. I lost her. He's like, I did too. I had a high school sweetheart. So what happened to her? I blew it. She decided we didn't ever need to talk again. Me, I, uh, I became a cop. Two weeks, we got the call. Saw a car on the side of the road. It was a couple. Guy's body was in the woods 20 yards from the car. My partner found him. I found the girl. I found her in the car and on the road and in the woods. Your high school sweetheart went on with her life. I got hacked up by a nutcase with an axe. But that's not the fun part. I found him. I took my 12 gauge with me. And when I found him, I leveled off that shotgun right at his chest. Spanky, guess what happened next? I pulled the trigger. Chris is just like, I've got to go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a crime because he shot him off duty. It's what he says. Yes. Like, oh, I found him later and blew him away, buried him at the sorority house underneath the sorority mother's house, like yeah. cottage out back. And he's like, this is all just too crazy of a coincidence. He's like, is there a point to this? He's like, I hope so. <laughs> so yeah. then we immediately cut to the sorority, uh, the mom's, sorority house. mom's house where the corpse of the axe killer axes his way up <laughs> through the floorboards of this woman's house and then kills her with the axe. So basically, his corpse is reanimated. At Why this would point. he bury him with the axe? <laughs> Why not? Murder All weapon. evidence. All <laughs> evidence, uh, one place. So let's talk a little bit about the slug uh, thing. What is their end goal here? To turn everybody into slug people. So it's just, it's literally for replication. It's the body or, snatch. It's uh, Prometheus. But they like gestate inside the head. And then explode out. Right, making more slugs. It's Prometheus. So is slug the end result, or does the slug turn into something else? Is what I'm getting at. Is like what? Uh, I think slug is the end goal. I think I think I think slug symbiote, giant slug monster, as we see kind of at the end, yeah. is like the the overall like so hive mind thing. Slug wants to be a pile of slugs. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's. Uh, I think maybe it doesn't have a like. It's got a slug brain, right? So its one job is to eat and reproduce, and uh, that's all that it's trying to do. It has no end goal necessarily, except just make more slugs. Yeah. yeah. Chris goes and gets his tux, goes back to the room, changes into the tux, and then sees that little tape recorder that says "Listen to me," because JC's not back, and everyone's like, "Where's JC?" And he's like, "I don't know. We'll figure it out." But he's kind of focused on the date because you know. When your friend's missing, who clearly cares about you, you focus on the girl that you might want to bang out. JC would have wanted him to focus on the date. You're right. Wingman for life, (laughs) dude. JC, wherever you are. (laughs) And so he then picks up the tape recorder, plays it, and this is a monologue by JC, which was great. He did such a good job. Man, JC really did a good job of like nailing his lines. Put this movie on his back, bro. Yeah. (laughs) Carried this movie to the finish line. Him and Tom Atkins. That's it. But he's like, one of the slugs got in my mouth. I'm dead. I can I walk, no, by the way. Yeah, he's got, I've got no pulse. I went, I know fire hurts it. I walked down to the boiler room to basically like the furnace room to basically stop myself from being infected and hurting you. And he goes, I walked. 
I walked because he's been crippled. He can't walk right. without the crutches. And uh, is crippled the right word? Am I being offensive by saying that? I think crippled's okay. Okay. I just want to make sure I'm, I'm trying to be woke He's here. handicapable. Okay, cool. He uses crutches, but he didn't have to use them. And he makes a big point kind of like, I'm dying. I'm, I'm already dead. He points out that I'm dead and I'm like an yeah, animated corpse here. But he's like, I walked. Like he's, he still found joy in this moment of terribleness of like, dude, Bro, the JC doesn't do. let being a zombie fail. He's the only one who can talk. JC, well, because he knew like he before. Yeah, this, this is one of the everyone. Yeah, errors. everyone else immediately becomes a zombie, but JC's got so much willpower, drive, dedication that he pushes through he zombification. Will not let anything happen to Chris, and if no. he's got to basically fight this zombie slug it's, it's, to get down to the boiler room to take care of that, then God damn it, he's gonna do absolutely. it. Absolutely, JC. Wingman to the end. <laughs> so Chris at this point is like, oh my God, runs down to the boiler room of the the, the apartment complex or frat house. Dorm. Wherever, yeah, dorm. Finds um, JC's body laying there with the slugs like bubbling and burning yeah. to a crisp on the ground because he's so close to the heater, um, the furnace. Sorry, not the heater. <laughs> it's a space heater. Um, the furnace. And he's like, oh my God. He runs to the cop's house. The, he bangs on the door. We cut to the inside where Detective Cameron is sitting there. He's like drinking, drinking scotch straight up. And he's like, bang, 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 bang. He finally gets up. And he's like, God damn it. He walks to the door, pulls duct tape from around yeah. the edges of the door. And I was like, oh, he's protecting himself from slugs the first time I saw it. Opens the door. He's like, what do you want? And he's like, Chris, like, you have to listen to this. You're right. The slugs. Corpse is reanimated. Oh, my God. Immediately, the cop goes, got it. Goes and grabs his guns, <laughs> loads up all his shit, and then goes and c- turns off the oven, which was open. He was trying to commit suicide. He yeah. was killing himself. Because there's no thrills. <laughs> there's no thrills. And he just like turns off the oven, closes it, and he's like, let's go. And you're like, oh my God. Dude, another chance this for thrills. Dude, this dude has no, he's never second guessed a decision in his life. No. Like he just goes from zero to 100 nonstop forward. That's how you get thrills, bro. They go out, they go to get Cynthia. Right, which shows my favorite scene, a crazy 80s montage of everybody getting ready. Everyone getting ready, and we get... It's not really my favorite scene, but a great scene. We get the obligatory 80s shower scene where we get a bunch of 80s tits. Of course, hairspray. I mean, hairspray for days. Put a hole in the ozone layer. The frat boys are drinking and getting ready, and one dude slides down the stairs on his ass with a (laughs) beer. Like, just takes the stairs. And I was like, dude, your tailbone would be obliterated if you did that. He's drunk off his ass. That's that's tomorrow's problem. (laughs) (laughs) Tomorrow's problem. So the detective takes Chris and they they actually, they go to the armory. Yes. So they're making a beeline to go get a flame because Chris thrower. tells him flames or uh, fire will kill these things and um and, and they, they, the guy behind the bars who's guarding the weaponry was played by Dick Miller love I love guy. that guy Dude. he's been in so many movies as like small bit parts yeah Star great. Trek he was in Deep he Space was in Nine. Gremlins he was the neighbor from Gremlins yeah. yeah he just passed away this year so R.I.P. to that man but thank Champ. you for your contribution his IMDB page is like a mile long because when I saw him I was like where the fuck do I recognize this guy from everything yeah, yeah. and he's just like in every movie that's been made since like the 60s. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Detective Cameron's like, I'm going to need that flamethrower. Hey, and we, Dick Miller's like, yeah, all right, sure. Just oh. hand over the paperwork. <laughs> he's like, he's like, what's going on, Cameron? And he's like, not much. I'm going to need a flamethrower. He's like, flamethrower, sweet. I'm on it. Here you go. <laughs> he pulls he it out. He's like, walks like three feet away and gets this flamethrower. He is stoked to be finally getting yeah. He's like, oh, sweet. I get to give out a flamethrower. He's like, I'm sure you got the proper requisition for him. He's like, we'll see. There might be a problem with that. He's like, no worries. Give me the paperwork. Knowing he doesn't have yeah. it. And he's like, there might be a problem. <laughs> Holds a shotgun up to him. And he's like, 
oh man like he's kind of like okay here you go dick miller is a fucking treasure in this yeah. movie he his character he was in every movie so upbeat in this i was like oh this is he's so like, great oh and which important little not a nugget of knowledge he drops is be careful once the pilot goes out it's a real bitch to relight yes even after being held at gunpoint <laughs> having to give him to him he's like here word of warning this is the best practice and it's like he doesn't care no like everyone's getting fired but he's like yo i dig it someone's using a flamethrower <laughs> and i really want to know now did tom adkins choose his one-liners did he write his own jokes like I thrill so. me because the next one he uses it's miller time yeah, so random. It's like, I haven't heard that phrase probably no. since the 80s. Well, that's, he actually did ad-lib a lot of stuff. There's there's not even, of, I don't even see any Millers in the whole movie. Maybe know? that beer tree. I thought that was uh, a, I thought that was a, uh, well, the thing is, it's frat boys. So the thing is, is you see all the frat dudes get on a, a bus oh, yeah, to go to the formal and they're time. all drinking and a dog has been infected. The, uh, the sorority mom's dog gets infected by a, um, a slug earlier in the movie when she gets killed. The bus crashes. They're all crawling out, and the dog basically attacks them and makes and his head explodes, yeah. and they all become slug people. So That bus driver made the wrong choice. I love dogs. I have three dogs, but you can't kill a whole bus of people for a dog, man. <laughs> like well, he, sw- he swerves real quick, and, he's, and there's a car like right in front of him, and yeah. his eyes bug out of his head <laughs> like fucking a and large marge from Pee Wee. It's one of the most unnecessary effects in the whole movie. Like It's not even real. Realistic. Yeah, it goes from normal eyes, there's weird like looks like bubble gum. You, know, you blow a bubble gum bazooka Job eyes. It's like what the hell is this? It's a very comedy, pointless effect, but it's really kind of funny looking. And so then they're gonna go to Cynthia's sororities. Like we got to get Cynthia. We got to protect them. And as they're doing this, as they're on their way, the cops run into the um, the reanimated corpse of the serial killer from the fifties, and they put out an APB on the radio. It's like right. we got this guy. We found his body detective cameron like goes he's like oh my god that's my axe killer like he immediately knows that the axe killer has been reanimated somehow goes and they corner him in the 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 alleyway the dude turns around the axe murderer turns around great zombie effects on this i'd say every effect at this point has been pretty good yeah yeah except for the the eyes but other than the eyes and that's when and that's when uh the cop goes it's miller time blows that dude the fuck away the the zombie axe killer his head explodes into um, slugs. slugs. Jeez, I lost the word slugs. I should know <laughs> it by now. And that's when everyone, including the cops, are like, okay, we're on board. We know what's going on. No question anymore. Everyone knows what to do. It's a montage at this point of like heads exploding. Um, our crew using the flamethrower. You know, Cynthia yeah. and uh, Chris also like swap back and forth with the flamethrower. I was like, why don't you designate one well, flamethrower? There's a weird scene where Cynthia's boyfriend shows up and he's, I forgot how he becomes a zombie because it's not in the bus bus crash. It's from the dog. It's from the dog because remember he sees the dog earlier. Right, he gets attacked. Cynthia's boyfriend. Brad is drunk because he's like, I got dumped for that fucking dork. So he sees the little dog. He's like, dog, what was that? Because they see a slug. He looks down at the dog. The dog's got a zombie face, shoots a slug into Brad's mouth. And while Detective, I must said Detective Miller time. Um, <laughs> Detective Miller time is killing the old axe murderer to basically solidify we know what's going on now. Brad shows up at the sorority house. These sorority sisters are the most unobservant people I've ever seen he in is my full life. zombie mode. Yeah, he yes. doesn't look anything like what a human being looks They're like, like. Cynthia, Brad's here. So it's, Cynthia goes and sits on the front porch. But with she him. looks him right in the fucking face. She's like, let's go outside. And they, and like, nothing clicks in her mind, I guess. <laughs> and so it's just, she's there. Like, look, it just it's better that we were apart. You have to go your way, I have to go my way. At this point, Brad's spitting out fucking <laughs> yeah. slugs, just like like a little slot machine next to like bloop, 
blip, blip. It's a pretty good gag, honestly. And then, yeah. and then she's like, so we just got to like go our separate ways. That's when Chris and the cops show up, fully aware of what's going on now. And then Chris goes out and he's like, Cynthia, get away from him. And then she looks over and she's like, oh, he's a zombie. Right. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I mean, suddenly sees death right like inches from her face. Then they blow him up, essentially. They shoot him and light him on fire. He explodes into slugs. Right. And that's when the montage happens. That's when they run inside. On. And then yep. the cop, uh, Detective uh, Cameron and Chris are going to protect the sorority sisters. They go inside and then it becomes... Well, they the, split up for some reason because Cameron... Well, because no, the Chris cop goes and, inside and Chris and Cynthia stand outside. Right. Uh, yeah. And then they get like... Because they see the frat dudes walking up to the house. Right. I got good news and bad news, girls. The good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. <laughs> yeah. That's a great line. Also a great line right before this is when um, Chris hands... Um, Cynthia the shotgun. He's like, here, hold this. You'll feel better. Yes, that <laughs> was she a great just grabs one. the shotgun. I was like, what a great line. So Cynthia and Chris are outside, just blowing away frat dudes, shooting them, torching them. And inside, uh, Cameron is like protecting the yeah, girls. He's like, like Go lock guarding the stuff. And that's when we call back to the cat. One of the sisters here scratching at the door opens it up, picks up this fucking zombie cat. Man, what a great effect. I thought about you, though. I was like, I wonder if Garrett hates this. Uh, the, because they were so comedically over the top, cartoonishly zombie, like fake yeah. animals, it was not as impactful. It was still yeah. kind of hard seeing like zombie cat face. It was like, oh man, they were clearly puppets. They it wasn't like, like a, they were like animatronic puppets where like there was nothing natural about right. them at this point. Like when even they picked them up, they're like perfectly stiff. <laughs> like they're stuffed animals with like an animatronic face. So it didn't bother you me like too see much. Its skull. It was a great effect. Yeah. But um, here at the point, Detective Thrill Me ends up in the basement. Right. And we get our pile of slugs. So cool. Eaten. Like stop motion looking right. thing. Yeah. Where the brains were. Oh, shit. <laughs> and that's and this is how it happens, because like he ends up down there after the girls and everybody inside get like fucked up. He's like, screw it. This is not a losing battle. He ends up down in the basement somehow. Chris and Cynthia get trapped in a little woodshed. Right. To basically like get away from a bunch of frat dudes. They end up fighting their way out of it. Use a lawnmower to like. Cut Super open good. a dude's head. That actually was filmed after the movie was closed because audiences wanted more action at the end. So that was like a post-film scene. All this we're describing happens in the last 10 minutes of the movie. Oh, it's yeah. real it's very quick. action-packed. Yeah. And so they get away and they're like, is there anybody else inside? Because Detective Cameron's in there. And she's like, no, there's nothing else. Wait, why are the slugs going down to the basement? And she's like, there's nothing down there, just a bunch of old stuff. Oh my God, the brain. <laughs> and that's when Chris is like, oh shit, we've got to go stop these things because they're going to get in the brains and replicate. They end up down there, and that's when you run into Detective Cameron, who has duct tape on his mouth, man. Duct tape over his mouth to protect his mouth from getting, like, slugged. Fucking ingenious. My man knows what's up. Dude knows what's up. And then he basically has a tank of gasoline in his hand, pulls off the tape. He's like, you've got 20 seconds to get out of here. They look over the corner. There is a pile of slugs that have basically, like, formed a slug monster monolith thing. And he's like, 19. 18. And they're like, oh, you might be wondering, why don't they use the flamethrower? Call back. Flamethrower pilot light went out. They yeah. couldn't relight it. So. Exactly. Exactly. Aww. This movie's shoring up all of the loose ends yeah. here. Yeah, no plot holes here. This it's is the perfect film. Okay. <laughs> so, so basically, you've got the ticking clock. They run out. And they're like, yeah, everybody back up. And then you see that... Um, they start counting. Cameron, 
Yeah, they start counting to basically kind of give the audience a ticking clock. Which feels very morbid and unnecessary. Well, if you notice his mouth wasn't moving, so it clearly was like VO to kind of give the audience a better yeah, idea of what was happening. Probably audience complaints, <clears throat> but and so boom, Detective Cameron lights the whole fucking downstairs on fire with gas, takes out the worms. Boom, 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 explosion, explosion, explosion. Sorority house is toast. Fire department rolls up, and then um, Chris and Cynthia kiss, because why wouldn't you? Of course. You're about to go to prom. Clearly. You know, you just fought zombies and killed people. You know, just make out a little bit. But we've got one more zombie. <gasps> Our poor thrill me, Detective Cameron. How, though? That is a plot hole. I he, don't understand. Well, you removed the tape. So, and, and at the very end, before everything explodes, the pile of slugs, they launch like spears. But wouldn't he have air. been burnt up too? Yes. And technically I should have killed the Absolutely, slugs. Absolutely. He yeah. should have been dead. But I think the point is because when you see, because it basically like looks like everything's a happy ending. And then we kind of pan down the street and we see his like walking burned corpse, like walking before his head explodes and becomes slugs. I think what we're supposed to take away from it is because they were inside of him and his body got burned, but they didn't actually get touched by the heat. Mm. Right. They were One okay. of them survived the blast. All right, I'll yes. take that. Sure. So, and his head bursts open and we see the slugs slime their way through the streets and then credits. No, no, no. It's they slime their way through the streets and go into a, the cemetery. Yeah. A very oh, that's foggy right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Victorian. It awesome. Is a, it is a yeah. miniature. It is a it's miniature so cool. cemetery. And then, then, as it like you're like oh the corpses are gonna reanimate and then a spaceship flies over with spotlights like they're searching for the slugs yeah you think they'd have better technology like than after, just using a spotlight I did not understand the spaceship bit like are they here to destroy the earth yes okay. they're, they're here they're here to find the infection to finally yeah, like I think they're looking for the experiment they're supposed uh, to clean up their like mess fifty years later yes, that's what I was like. I was like little delayed there guys but I mean I guess it takes a long time to travel through space all right <laughs> it took the launched piece of canister what thirty a day? seconds yeah yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, that's a that, they were already within our, our our orbit. You know what I'm saying? These guys had to come from okay. who knows what galaxy. They were not locals. But okay, then, bookend to it tied up the space alien. Everything in this movie, A B man, he deep bookends. It's great. A to B closed case. It is perfect, man. Everybody should watch it. It's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> It is also, a great film. Thrill me, baby. If you want to watch it, there's a Scream Factory uh, Night of the Creeps available where you can get your own Detective Cameron action figure. <laughs> I actually <laughs> asked the uh, one of my girl, like my ex-girlfriend, like I was like, if I buy this, can I have the figure if you get all the movie stuff? Because <laughs> I wanted that dude so bad. He's just standing there. In his I hope trench it's a, a drawstring. It's just thrill me when you pull. Oh, oh if it doesn't talk, then that's a missed opportunity. But yeah, Night of the Creeps is amazing. If you haven't seen it, it's total 80s B horror movie, but it is start to finish fantastic. Unfortunately, I don't think this movie made a lot of money, though. Because of this and the uh, Monster Squad not doing very well in theaters, Fred Decker didn't do a whole lot for quite some time. Bummer. At least behind the, the directing chair. Until Predators. Which he wrote. Right. We did Robocop 3, right? Yeah, but that also bombed. Yeah, it was three straight financial disasters, if you will. Yeah. That's unfortunate, because I feel like this dude kind of kind of was ahead of his time. Well, they're called classics. No, maybe not Robocop 3, but the other two, called classics now, uh, so... We've had that conversation before. It's yeah. like, is it better to like have something that eventually caught on or have it catch on like when it first happens? But probably for his bank account. 
yeah. catch up when it first happens. Do but. you think? Do you think Detective Cameron was a, a, a basically a, a slice of his life? Like yeah. <laughs> it's like this is my life. I'm putting me into this movie. That'd been awesome. Oh God, yeah, fucking Detective Cameron. Thrill me, maybe. We need to make a shirt that says "Throw me on it" somehow. <laughs> Tom Atkins. I I need to go watch some more of his stuff because this performance was just so good. He was Michael Huntsacker in Lethal Weapon. I think I mentioned that already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn, I'm like an old man now. I'm like, oh, he was he was that one guy, Michael Huntsacker from Lethal Weapon. Yeah, so I don't have the uh, budget of this movie, but it only made $591,000 in the box office. Oh. U.S. domestic takeaway. No matter is, is what your IMDb? budget is, that's uh, going to be not a good return. Yeah, that's... Unless your budget's like $1. Like, I feel this, like unless this stuff was all done like free of charge, you do yeah. not make your money back on that. Well, Mr. Decker, we respect your work. Um, budget, $5 million estimated. Gross, $591,000. Ouch. So this was kind of a hit. Oof. Oh, there was an alternate ending. It's the one we just described. Yeah, so the, uh, you're right. The one we saw was the extended... For the original theatrical and home video releases, this was replaced with a briefer ending in which a slug creature jumps out of a zombie dog's mouth as the characters watch the sorority house burn down. The version with the original ending was used for some TV airings and later released as a director's cut, which includes the reshot ending as a separate bonus feature. That ending makes a lot more sense and is less of a plot hole. Because, yes. oh, a dog got it. Okay. This says that Cynthia goes and finds the dog and a, a slug leaps out of her mouth and it cuts to black. Mm. So it looks like she's going to get infected by the dog. So wh- I guess which one is the uh, canonical ending then? I generally attribute whatever was aired in theaters, unless the director comes out otherwise, like in uh, Blade Runner. But otherwise, I think the theater version tends to be, in my mind, the canonical. I think the Cynthia version is the canonical ending. Probably so. Yeah, very likely. This great film. Great movie. Did it thrill you guys? It thrilled me a lot. Yeah. I mean, it was only, what, 90 minutes long, too? So nice, tight. Perfect. Perfect like, movie, man. Three resounding recommendations here from us. Anything else on it? Go watch it. Go watch it. You heard it. All right. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.